Okay, girl. So today on Wanna Be On Top, it's just me and Maxwell holding things down. And today we are going to wrap up some of our favorite moments of Cycle One of America's Next Top Model. We are going to talk about these girls, what they're up to, and how Tessa is single-handedly the most successful girl of the Cycle One Divas. We were ready to spill all this tea this Monday, and you're not going to want to miss it. Forever Dog. Shea Coulee. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hi Shay, how's it going? Oh, girl, it's going good. You know, just uh, chilling up here in the closet another day of filming. You know, honestly, it's it seems like really kind of like full circle to think that like I started off as a top model fan um, who is in the closet. And here I am nearly 20 years later, a top model fan in the closet recording a podcast about Top Model as an out and proud queer drag queen, you know? And it's an wonderful... out and proud Top Model expert. You're not even a Top Model fan anymore. You're an expert. We need to keep that narrative going, baby. Absolutely, yeah. Expert 100%. And anybody that wants to dispute that can write in to beontoppod at gmail.com and share all of your burning questions and opinions about the podcast with us which kind of um you know we'll get into it a little bit more later but we've been digging into that inbox and we got some like fun little stuff to talk about we do um we're also going to take a look today at the winners some of the other contestants and what they've been up to since the show has aired and just like the overall impact of top model cycle one shay do you have uh what are your final thoughts on reviewing this cycle i know it's been a fun one yeah i feel like um top model cycle one it's um it is very much so that first um boyfriend or girlfriend um that you had in high school um for me, my 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 first girl girlfriend. Yeah, I, I do say that I did have a girlfriend in high school for a short period of time. Um, and you're like, we'll always be friends, but you never really speak to them ever again after you move on. That's kind of how I feel about cycle one of Top Model. Like it does hold such a very special place in my heart, but I feel like. I really became a deep, 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 like could not be bothered to miss a single episode fan of Top Model around Cycle 2. So in so many ways, it's nice um, to be able to wrap the cycle 
up and get into the real nitty gritty. But it's been it's been fun because I feel like you know as a podcast, this was this is uh, my first venture out here doing a solo podcast moment. So in in so many ways, the podcast has been like a pilot, very similarly to season one of Top Model. Like I can't wait to get to cycle two, season two of Wanna Be on Top because I just know that you know it's really going to take take you there. The artistic parallels between you and Tyra Banks are becoming more and more clear as we put this podcast on. So I'm glad I'm here with you on this journey. Yes. And Cycle One, I mean, not only gave us great content to talk about, but I mean, it really was great television. It was because, it, you know, Top Model Cycle One was when the production company was still Tai Tai Baby Productions. You know, like it, it, it it's giving... It's giving it very tie tie baby. baby. Yeah, yeah, very that. So um, I love that for her. And I love that our first... I I, I always try not to say this because I, I feel like I'm just so immersed in the drag race vernacular that I always want to say our first, like, crowned winner. Um, but they don't get crowns. But I'm still going to say it. And I just want everybody who's listening to understand that I'm going to reference them as being crowned winners of America's Next Top Model. And if you have a problem with it, please email us at beontoppod at gmail.com for all your burning listening questions and opinions. Let us know. Let us know. I have to be honest. I also have a hard time not writing crowned on this as well. I'm like, but there's no crown. It's just a photo, a plastic photo on the wall. Uh, you know, hey, crowns come in multiple forms. And the first one was bestowed upon none other than Adrian Curry from Joliet, Illinois. Pew, 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 pew. Yes, Joliet, yes. that's what's up. Yes, Adrian Queen. So Adrian wins a modeling contract with Wilhelmina Models. She went, allegedly is supposed to win a spread in Marie Claire magazine and a contract with Revlon Cosmetics. During the show, Adrienne showed that she was really brutally honest and showed us a nice, like, raw side to her, which also played really well with her tomboy element to her. And, like, Adrienne was really determined to be a comma top model. Like, that was her storyline from the get-go. Like, me and my mama did all this stuff to get to this moment here. Right, all of that. And aside from winning, Adrian remains the girl that left the hospital to go to panel and remained the standard for top model behavior and commitment. You know, and I think that's so funny that her commitment to showing up is the standard, but like people that don't take the photo are allowed to stay. So you can go to panel and not have a photo and stay. But if you have a photo and don't go to panel, you don't get to stay. You don't I, get to stay. What an interesting way to look at that. Um, I I feel like um, the logic behind that, and I'm spitballing here, is they really just want to see the look on your face when people give you their candid opinions about you. and if they don't have that material then they don't want you wow we want to see i I didn't think about it like that that's a great way to i'm playing the role of a go get it um reality television storyline producer right now and that's what i would be saying in the control room we need that 
I needed that perspective. So thank you for opening my eyes to that today. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're welcome. I'm always here to try and provide some some um, perspective. Um, continuing on about our girl, the one and only Adrian, after being crowned the first winner of America's Next Top Model, Cycle One, she was signed to Willamina. Willamina. Willa. She was signed to Willamina model management wow say that i mean i bet tyra had to really do some like little tongue twisters before she had to deliver that line every panel will i mean (laughs) did she do that i guess i should i mean i've watched it so many times i feel like i should truly know but she say the prizes every single time the first cycle or is that something she develops later on because i mean i know other shows like almost parody that like repeating that over Absolutely. and over because that was such a thing that she did on that show was a modeling contract with. Because I feel like if these these people are going to be, you know, taking a risk with giving away a modeling contract that they themselves aren't like, you know, vetting. They're like letting Tyra be, you know, the agent that brings this girl in. They're definitely I'm assuming going to want to shout out and be like, yes, you need to say Wilhelmina Model Management Yes! Did you see how that just rolled off my tongue so easily, Wilhelmina Model Well, you know, we got that one take. We got it once. And And honestly, that's all you need. And they should pay you for saying that. Yes. Thank you very much, Wilhelmina Model Management. Adrian also worked for some companies like Von Dutch and Macy's. She posed for Playboy a couple times as well. Um, after the show aired, like this is like a few years down the road, I think I read like 14 years. She wrote a blog about being very transparent about the way that the top model house treated her and how she actually didn't receive that contract from Revlon. And she was told that they actually never even planned to give her or anyone that was that won that that contract, which was such a bummer to hear. But I guess like looking at as a reality TV show connoisseur like myself, I feel like that is like one of those lessons we've all just learned is like, sometimes you just, they like, especially those pioneer shows. Like I feel like people were really taken advantage of, which is such a bummer. Yeah. And I wonder like what the tea was with that. Like, I want to hear, I want to, I want to hear from a Revlon rep. Like what was the tea behind that promised package that she, you know, apparently, didn't receive you know it's true why like why promise it right you know that's what i'm really curious to get to the bottom well they also said in adrian's one of her live streams she did she said that like they didn't even know what they were competing for like if you and if you watch back when she tells them it it definitely sounds like it's a voiceover so i don't really know those girls knew that's why she is able to say Wilhelmina Model Management so, so nicely every time because they just needed that one take that they could just reuse. Wilhelmina Model Management. Right. You know, it really, you really got to put in some work to get that out there. How now, brown cow? It's all about how you say it in the lips, I think. Oh, yeah. How now, brown cow? Wilhelmina Model Management. <laughs> I'm gonna work that into a verse just so I can like get so used to spitting the term Wilhelmina model management. I think though, like it I think in future cycle recaps, we're going to learn how a lot of these girls did not quite understand 
what they were getting themselves into. But Adrian did something very smart with this opportunity that she was given from the show. And she went to work more in television, which is something that, you know, I've learned later on in life. It was um, a suggestion that was made by a lot of casting directors for reality television contestants to try and continue on in the reality television um, realm. And so Adrienne, she went on to do a bunch of guest appearances on television shows like Half and Half on UPN. She was like, let me keep it on the UPN family network. And uh, Dirt, starring Courtney Cox. You remember Dirt? I don't. I'm so bad at scripted TV, but like reality television, I could like write a whole book about it. You know what? That's why that's that's why we're here, Maxwell, because I really do know and understand your love and appreciation for um, unscripted drama, if you will, as some would call it, and such forth in the biz. As they I do know say. who Courtney Cox is, though she's beautiful. Yes, except for those bangs in Scream Three, which I found out recently. She was told to do that by David Arquette, and I do want to say. Um, you should never listen to David Arquette's advice about bangs. I, yeah, I don't think straight men should give women advice on their hair, period. 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 So. Period. Okay, so in 2005, just two years after her appearance on America's Next Top Model, Adrian made the career-changing move of going on to The Surreal Life Season 4, where she met Christopher Knight, originally from The Brady Bunch. And they fell in love. Do you remember that? Did you watch Surreal Life? Oh, baby. Did I watch The Surreal Life? I mean, I watched every season of The Surreal Life. I mean, I had to watch Janice on it, but I did watch them fall in love. And they ended up getting their own spinoff show called My Fair Brady, which went on for like three seasons. They got married on it. Do you remember that? train wreck of a show yes i do remember uh my fair brady and one thing that i do remember about adrian is how um persistent she was in getting like christopher knight to be her man and um i appreciate someone who is that determined you know like determination is uh is a skill that I, I admire. She said, I want that. I'm going to get it. She wanted to be a top model and she wanted to be under a Brady. So congrats to her. She did the damn thing. Yes. She aced both challenges. But unfortunately, she did get divorced from Christopher Knight. She's no longer with the Brady. Um, I did. She's remarried. She married some voiceover actor. And I read this really random story about her, but she was at Comic-Con in San Diego in 2014. And one of her friends was like getting sexually harassed by some guy. And she hit him in the face with her bull- her whip. She had a prop whip because she was dressed as Catwoman. And oh, she, uh, yes. She f- f- like fought off this assaulter with it, dressed as a Catwoman at uh, Comic-Con. I live. I live for that because, yeah, keep your hands to yourself. Cosplay is not consent, you weirdos. And you never know when Adrian Curry, dressed as Catwoman, may come up and pop your ass in the face. A legend through and through. (laughs) Um, Adrian Curry, she's a great example of a top model. Honestly, love her. She reps Joliet. You know, Southwest Chicago burps so well. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the other contestants from Cycle One. We'll be right back. (music) 
Hi there, how are you? I hope you're doing well. We are back and we are about to get into some top model facts about these contestants post-show. Top model facts. Top model facts. Are you ready, Maxwell? I'm so ready. You know I love to gossip. Let's talk about these girls. <laughs> okay, so runner-up of Cycle 1, Shannon Stewart. Of course, known for her good girl beliefs. Do you think that her lack of posing nude caused her to lose the competition? I mean, I remember being a kid being like, how is she going to be a supermodel and be in this world if she's not willing to post naked with diamonds? Like, I just didn't understand. <laughs> like, if you're going to be completely naked, at least be covered in a lot of money worth of jewels. Like, I feel like my mother, Kathy Hilton, like prolific people in my life, like, said that to me so i mean they were some cute diamonds it wasn't like it was like a harry winston wreath or something like that you know what i'm saying like i like if i honestly if i was coming from that belief system and i was a good christian girl and they were like you're gonna be posing nude with diamonds i would be like that's it that's all the diamonds you've got wow this really is a season one budget Wow. I mean, maybe if they were giving me like toxic Britney Spears diamonds element, I would have been like much happier to get naked and thrown myself over the Buddha bar. But I don't know. I feel like being a top model, you have to be a versatile palette. And if you're not willing to bear it all, like, I mean, are you really being that versatile? I mean, T, T. I mean, that's part of being a model. You have to, your body as a canvas, it's, uh, you know, so you have to be able to strip down to, to the bare essentials you know true after top model shannon went on to get signed with elite model managements in chicago your uh hometown and um she modeled for l girl teen vogue and some other publications she she did her thing she made her rounds yeah and not to spill too much tea because we will get there eventually but shannon went on to do a and tm all Stars, which aired in 2011, where she still wasn't going to take her clothes off because she kept that strong Christian narrative going. She does like her because like her her big thing was that she would pose in swimwear, but she would not pose in intimates and in lingerie. So I would not expect to see Shannon walking at the Savage Fenty show. True. Well, she I mean, she said after that, I you know, she did that live with Adrian Curry that I've like referenced a bunch of times and probably yes. like, again because it was so good. They spilled all the tea. So good. But she was really upset that the production edited her to be so Christian. She was like, yes, I do have like this background, but like they edited out the fact that she actually met Ebony's girlfriend. Talk about facts. She said she went out, met her, had a lovely time, and they like made it seem like she was sitting in that room with Robin and Kizzy reading the Bible. And she said that was not true. She was like, also, she was upset by that. She was also really upset because she found out that Brad lied about reading the Bible. My top model facts. Yeah, because what was, he just said that because he just wanted to, he thought it would sound sweet. You know, yeah. but it's funny because all the other girls like clocked it. They were like, well, I mean, girl, duh. It says that his favorite movie is Boogie Nights. You know, <laughs> like, how could his favorite book be the Bible, but his favorite book? Uh, movie is Boogie Nights. Something throw that up. I would imagine that he probably doesn't have a long list of books he knew about. Maybe like it's like exactly, the... exactly. They were like, "What is your favorite book?" And he's like, "What's a book?" Yeah, I can only name three: the Bible, Harry Potter, and that one Michelle Obama wrote. 
The three books I know. Great, great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Moving on, our next eliminated girl was Elise, who we talked about quite a lot this cycle. Elise made it to the top three, but was eliminated for her lack of quote-unquote confidence, but... Do you think she was confident? I mean, no, it was it was less about the confidence, I guess, more about the attitude, because I guess they really didn't like having this young 20-something who basically had such a very clear point of view and wasn't shaken by the reality television uh, machine. You know? She was almost immoldable the other way. Like, they were like... Uh, Shannon wasn't enough of a palette to be taken advantage of. And Elise was like, I know what you're doing. And this is silly. Nobody needs a modeling track contract. That's not a human right. Right. And and I, I loved her because she really just did have some of the most like amazing um, rants. Because you think about, she was just such a perfect contrast. She was just such the, um, she was just like devil's advocate. And I feel like that that's appropriate considering the fact that she was a militant atheist. They kept her in the house. It felt like they kept her in the house for sure because she definitely was like, people were like, I like this one thing. She'd be like, no, that sucks. She wasn't really out there trying to entertain anybody. And we love it because, you know, in the same token where you have Ebony, who is like, this is not a sorority. This is a modeling competition. Uh, Elise was the same way where she's like, I'm not going to sit here and try and make you guys comfortable just because I simply say that I don't believe in, in God, you know? And I remember too, that also being, um, kind of, uh, a discussion between, uh, myself and my friend Kim, who I, you know, talked to, uh, incessantly about Angie. <laughs> um, She's an atheist, and she was at the time. And, you know, we're already, we're like 14 years old. And, you know, so a 14-year-old to be like, I'm I'm telling her, I was like, yeah, there's this girl in there that's an atheist. Isn't that crazy? And she's like, I'm an atheist, too. And I was like, what? That's great. You know, but it led to so many great, great conversations. And, you know, thankfully that we had, we had at least there to um, hopefully open up a lot of people's minds. It opened up my mind, for sure. Yeah. Shaped your conversation in an open-minded direction. I love to hear that. And also, she was actually one of the more successful girls to leave Cycle 1. She worked all over the globe from Milan, Tokyo, Hong Kong, L.A. She did runways and editorials. She modeled for Chanel, Motorola, and a ton of other companies. Are you, are you surprised that Elisa was one of the most successful ones from Cycle 1? No, she was my second choice for sure. I was like Adrian and her, I really thought like fit the bill for what a, when I was 13, thought a top model should be. I thought they both, she had that really cute European look. Adrian had that more like rock and roll 2003, like hot girl look. So they really both were giving like these two thing, two different interpretations of model that um, I thought were uh, like the standard, if you will. And the thing was, I feel like ultimately, I and, and I agree, I really wanted it to be Adrian and Elise in the end. And I feel like ultimately she was just kind of like set up because, well, not set up. The finale show was a baby fat runway show. And so it's just so like, 
who fits that. It, it ultimately came down to casting for a very specific brand. And it's kind of like, ooh, dang, you know, because if it, if it had been something else besides baby fat, can we say that Elise wouldn't have made it to the top two, you know, and battled it out in the final runway show? Because Miss J really loved her walk, you know, she was someone who was praised Janice for her ability. loved her. Absolutely. She, she said that during panels that Janice would like whip mouth to her, I'm voting for you, like across the room. So she was even on night she thought she was going to go home. Janice would be like, no, 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 we got you. I got you. I'm not going to let them leave without keeping you. So um, she also shows she's currently not on social media right now. And Adrian told us in that live that she um, her and Elise are not friends. Actually, Elise, uh, Adrian was trying to sue Wilhelmina. Something happened with that contract. And Elise told on her and ruined Adrian's opportunity to file that lawsuit. And then wrote a blog about it, like a really mean blog post about Adrian. Wow. I know. I see that for Elise, though. I actually did, too. When I read that, I was like, ooh, this tracks. So Yeah, I thought you were about to say, this trash. <laughs> <laughs> tracks, trash, whatever. Yeah. She, it, she fit the part. Yeah, that was, um, dang. You know what? Where I come from, snitches get stitches. So uh, you better be careful. Um, talking all that craziness, especially when it comes to a lawsuit. Like, girl, that ain't cute. Don't mess with people's money. So, next sent home was Robin, our Christian diva extraordinaire. Robin was iconically sent home, as I'm sure most of you know, for not doing the Diamonds photo shoot, where she so famously said, if you don't stand for anything, you will fall for everything. And uh, unfortunately, after Antium, Robin did not get much into modeling, but she was featured in the O Oprah magazine with Janice as well as TV Guide. Ooh, we'd love a good old TV Guide feature. I mean, good for her. I mean, and doesn't sound like she really kept in touch with those girls after the show. Again, Shannon in that live stream said that... Um, she was actually really like she thought Robin was kind of mean. She thought Robin was kind of mean and like she was felt really pressured to hang out with her. Yeah. And she was like, I'm 18 and I'm not going to tell this like older 26 lady. 26 year no. old. No, no this I'm not older lady. Uh, I live. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Respect your elders. Um, Yeah. But you, I feel like it was like really obvious that Robin was clearly like just really trying to strong arm Kezi and and Shannon into being you know like her Christian cohorts that she could be like we are these girls and it was just kind of like you know you really could have utilized the opportunity to open yourself up to other people with different um, perspectives and experiences but Robin was just really closed off to the whole experience you know and I feel like that ultimately shows how well someone can succeed in um, the entertainment industry in general because you're just going to encounter so many different people from so many different walks of life and faiths and belief systems that you know you really just have to be um, open to those things otherwise you're just going to you know you'll stop your own blessings that way Robin not stop your own blessings. I feel I like mean, that's something she would say. So I just that's why I laugh because I feel that's like that's why yes because would... I wanted her I wanted to communicate to Robin on her level and let her know that in that way she's stopping her own blessings. Mm-mm-mm. She also though 
did do two films in 2005 and 2006. Um, and that is basically what we have um, from Robin. Do we know any more about her personal life? Is she married? Does she have children? Okay, I did read, I did not include that she apparently like adopted some people's children and nobody really understands how she inherited these two people's children. Hang on. I this will... is giving me very Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Mary Mary Cosby kind of tease. Like, y- like y- why are people inheriting? Let's um, see. People such what... for and such as. In 2014, Robin was granted custody of a six-year-old boy named Dominic who was missing for 14 hours. And his sister, the mother of the boy, says she knows Robin from daycare. And it's unknown as to why Robin gained custody of these children. That's all it says. So. If anyone happens to have any information as to how Robin was able to secure these children, please email us at beontoppod at gmail.com because I would like to know more. As would I. I'm very curious. Next sent home is Kizzy. She was the first girl sent home from Paris and all the girls were the most upset she was gone, which I mean, she definitely seemed to be like the fun girl in the house. Like, like kept the, the party going, like the glue of the yes, house. Yes, I, I feel like Kizzy was definitely outgoing enough to be able to build relationships with the non-Christian girls as well as still, you know, be able to relate with uh, Robin and Shannon, you know, and like Shannon said, it was clear that Robin was being a bully. I just felt like Kissy was a little bit more of comfortable being her own person around the other girls. And I do feel like she was kind of the bridge between the two groups that kept everyone um together um and kizzy made some appearances and stuff in king magazine but really did not do too much um after after the show she did walk in adrian curry's wedding with to christopher knight but they haven't really kept in touch much since then so i i'm really curious to know just more about that very specific time in adrian curry's life from top model to marrying a Brady to you know where she's at now I mean we obviously caught up with her on that live but I mean I don't know I would like love to just like have a conversation with her I'm actually going to go into my phone book right now and look up her number so that I can ask her about this very specific time in her life so we're going to take a quick break while I go and do that and we'll be right back are back with Wanna Be On Top. And I just got a text back from Adrian Curry. She said, new phone, who dis? So I'm just going to uh, follow up with her afterwards to be like, girl, it's me, Shay. Remember your girl. I have a question about things. Let me know. So you'll be like, I got it from the Joliet phone book. I grabbed it from my Absolutely. I grabbed it from the white pages, girl. How else would I have your number? I mean, dang. How 2003 so, of you. 
<laughs> I know. Um, you know, I'm just like really trying to like keep it, keep like um, this whole thing consistent throughout the our, our time revisiting 2003 on this podcast. So um, we're talking about our girls, you know, what they're up to now. Next, um, we have the youngest in the house, um, Giselle. She's 18. She really didn't do much after ANTM. Um, she did some television gigs, like Deal or No Deal and the Tyra Banks show, which is shocking because, you know, she so famously said in her exit that Britney Spears lost star search and look at where she's at now. And Giselle. Where are you now? Where are you now? Um How- if you are listening, Giselle, and you want to let us know where you are now, please write in to beontoppod at gmail.com and let us know what you're up to. Tell us how long it took for you to get those red highlights out of your hair. I would like oh my, to know. How long did you cry about it? Which was longer, the amount of hours you cried over it or the amount of hours it took to get them out? I'm wow. Curious. Real harsh, Maxwell. Listen, those tears were pretty harsh, but I mean, <laughs> I do love that she said that Britney thing. I really would. If my senior yearbook asked me for a senior quote, that probably would have been it. I mean, T. I mean, it is very quotable. It is very, it is very that. Oh, fun fact. I also learned she did end up meeting Michael Jackson before he passed, which she <gasps> said during the PR training she was like kind of embarrassed but she was like all i really want to do is meet michael jackson (laughs) and the lady was like oh that's that's fine she was like he's just amazing i'm glad that she got to meet michael jackson i mean more more than i have you know i would have loved to have met michael jackson so i'm very i'm very proud of you i'm very happy for you giselle i am proud of anybody that knocks stuff off their bucket list Um, yeah Mm-hmm. So next person that went home was Ebony. She was, uh, you know, she got signed to downtown and uptown model management. I did not look up if those were two different ones or just one long name, but she was also the hostess at Esquire magazine and was given the award for best hostess in 2007. Oh, work. Okay. Come on. Hostess of the mostess. Also the, in 2020, she went on, um, Oliver Twist's uh, live show on Instagram and discussed how she mispronounced Giselle's name in Jin Cell and how that moment was she felt bad for that and how that was all just an accident. Oh my god, have you watched Oliver Twist's YouTube show? It is so cute. I think he's so adorable and he really gets those girls to talk. I know. I just yes, I just absolutely adore him and we kind of got to get him on here because I know that he has some really juicy tea and I would love to get some tidbits from him because he's gotten so many good ones from the girls. I agree so much. He's very funny. Yes, she is very cute to me. So, okay. Before Ebony, the girl that uh, was eliminated, was our 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 sis Nicole. R.I.P. Nicole's hair extensions. We're so sorry, Gorge. Um, but you know what? She didn't let that makeover keep her down because she went on to be signed with Vision Management and expecting models while she was pregnant. Isn't that so cute? I expecting models or is it expect yeah expecting models agency wow I love that for her 
that's like a real good branding, like mom branding to go into. It's yeah, like, that's really cute. I, I love, yeah, good old expecting models. She's still married to that guy, Corey, though. We've talked about this a couple times and how um, I don't know if I agree with that decision, but obviously he must have done something to make her happy. And there's a reason they're together. They were even on a TV show together. I mean, live their life. You know, I'm glad that they're they're happy. I'm glad that they're well, I don't know. They haven't said that they're happy. I'm glad that they're still together. Um, I hope that they're happy. Aha. See, that's how you do it, bitch. Um. And yeah, I am really actually curious to see what Nicole's hair is like today, you know? I'm sure it matches her mobile spray tan business she also has right now. She's now hey. a real estate agent and a mobile spray tanner in San Diego. So shout out to her. Honestly, she really found the niche markets that she could do well in. And I, I'm pretty sure that she is excelling, you know, I'm- good for her. I'm glad she realized hair extensions were not the market she needed to be in. No, Jessica Simpson already had that on lock in the early 2000s. Jessica Simpson hair extensions were the vibe. Do you remember her her scented, flavored perfume? She had the foam perfume and she would rub it on herself and it smelled like cotton candy. And then when people would kiss where she rubbed it, it tasted like cotton candy, too. And I remember that, remember seeing that someone had actually tried to sue her because they had applied it and got attacked by bees. (laughs) (laughs) It also didn't taste good. I sampled it and licked it in my hand. It did not taste good. Yeah, I'm sure. It just tasted like chemical. Yeah, no, it did. It tasted like sugary chemicals. But Jessica Simpson is, like, one of the most successful celebrity brands, like, period. Yeah. I mean... So go like, off for her. Yeah. But that's what you got to do. Sell it at Macy's. So one of the last girls we're going to talk about is Katie Cleary. That was her last name, right? Cleary from yeah. Glenville. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually went on to do a lot of TV, surprisingly. She was one yeah. of the case girls on Deal or No Deal for, like, four cycles. Yes. Or seasons. Sorry, I'm so used to saying <laughs> we're, like, cycles. We're so busy being in top model land. Uh-huh. She's model also land. Two, she the, also the book series by Tyra Banks. We'll get into that later. Oh, it, is that her book series really? Model Land? Model Land. Yes, bitch. Oh, girl, wait until we dive into Model Land. Sometimes uh, there's a lot of top model in this brain. It's hard to there's hold so it much. You know what? Because there are just so many ventures. Tyra is like, I will do it all. I will do it all. Some of our listener questions, some of those people make me feel bad. I call myself an expert. They'll say things and I'm like, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. I do remember that now. You guys are experts too with us. Um, Katie also was an actress. She went on to do Entourage and Two and a Half Men. She also went to produce um, Bill Nye's Saves the World, which I thought was really, that tickled me to know that Katie, the girl that got sent home for being too sexy, is writing and producing Bill Nye Saves the World. She's out here, you know, doing what needs to be done. She's out here saving the world. With Bill Nye. And then last person we need to talk about is uh, Tessa. Tessa's bio was Shady Boots, girl. They literally wrote on her bio, Tessa is the least booked model from the cycle. Um, (laughs) Wow. They they Um, just wrote, she is the least successful of the cycle one girls. 
Wow. That's but dude, who wrote that? Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Whoever <laughs> like <wrote>. literally <laughs> she, that literally sounds like Kim Kardashian ripping Courtney a new one. Well, maybe if you were booked like the rest of the girls in season one and cycle one, you could say that you were as good as the top model girls, but you're not, so you're not. I mean, she's the original pork chop of ANTM. Interesting that they're both redheads. Wow. And she never got a makeover, so... But wouldn't you say that, in theory, wouldn't um, pork chop be the original Tessa? Because Top Model came first. Well, no. Then Tessa would be the original... Did I say that backwards? Yeah. Mm, Okay, well, I I meant to question it in the way that you corrected me. Um... And that's okay. And that's, you know what? Because what are friends for? You know? Self proclaimed top model expert. Yes. Self proclaimed. Yes. I wonder if, because, you know, it's like, court, like schools have done courses on like Lady Gaga and such. Like, when are they going to open up courses for a top model? You know? So I feel like, you know, that should be taught um, in, in school. <laughs> I think that should definitely... No. I feel like they would teach that at Columbia. I feel like that would totally be a class you could take with your, like, fashion merchandising major oh, at Columbia College. Oh, my God. What if I carve in time in my schedule to go back to Columbia to be adjunct faculty and teach America's Next Top Model, the course that launched a thousand spices? <laughs> I would... I mean, I would need to be the TA, first off. Yes. Um, oh I, my God. I mm-hmm. also owe Columbia a lot of money still. So I have some numbers I could give you so you could contact them if you want to reach out to Columbia College for that adjunct professor position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they could just like, instead of like paying, they just take money away from what you owe. Oh, I just figured you could get paid. I just have their numbers. I wasn't trying to get anything out of it. I just wanted to let you know I have contacts for you. Uh, oh, oh, from, oh, I see. So you were going to connect me to the people at the billing department, and then they hopefully would then transfer me um, over to the the deans. Is that how that goes? It's the deans that hire I'm, teachers. I'm a self-proclaimed top model expert, not a, uh, like, how to get up into... Columbia College, college, <laughs> college expert. <laughs> yeah, like how to become a professor. I'm a top model expert. Come back Hello. with more, more relevant questions, please. Okay, but I'm just saying, you know, we are on the journey to eventually becoming accredited top model expert slash professor. So we have to think about, you know, the future. You know, can't be limiting these fantasies and such forth. True. What would Tyra do? Yes. And I mean, I'm well, she would probably... Um, read Tessa for being the least successful girl of the cycle one. Good <laughs> Tessa. I'm sorry. Oh, poor Tessa. Poor know, Tessa. That, was, that <laughs> was such a read. When I read that, I laughed out loud, but also was like, damn, nothing. They literally wrote she tried to do some test shots and it just didn't really work for wow. her. Wow. So what what did they interview the person that did the test shots and be like, how did she do? And they're like, huh, she tried. Actually, a lot of them said they still had, like, a lot of their facts were, like, their last test shots were in September of 2015 or something. So, I don't know how you would keep, be a historian of that, but I would like to meet the person who um, did that. 
Yeah, I would say if you're still doing test shots 10 years later, that it's probably um, time to move on. Um, because in the world of modeling, dang, like, you know, like Elise said, you can't, you can't indefinitely defer being 20. Those years go by really fast. And, you know, we, we love her for, for her perspective. And also all these girls who Tyra handpicked and, and, and gave to us to, to, to be able to consume and talk about here years after, you know, as we've mentioned throughout the cycle recap, cycle one really seemed to be the pilot season. And it really brought us some iconic moments and some raw moments of the franchise that we definitely don't see in future seasons. Um, Maxwell, what are you most excited about to, 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 to talk about in cycle two? Um, well, as a person who's like obsessed with pop culture, I am so excited to just like have richer photo shoot conversations. I mean, those like, even just like starting cycle two, like how much, like the girls had parts, the girls are like cast as people they do a whole celebrity photo shoot where they all have to dress as other celebrities and like embody this character which is like so much more exciting to me because then you also get to watch all the drama unfold underneath um what about you what are you most excited to discuss in cycle two um definitely the photo shoots because those definitely just get so much better and the makeovers because i feel like they really do push the girls on these makeovers too and this is when we start to really experience some some really cute cute meltdowns is there a specific episode next cycle that you're really excited to cover their trip to Milan is pretty legendary. I mean, I think all the shoots, and I love the go-sees. I love that, like, interview challenge moment with them where they all have to talk. What yes. about you? Do you have a favorite episode photo shoot? Um, Absolutely. The Coliseum mom. That's everything to me. That photo Shandy just really lives rent-free in my mind. So I, I, I'm excited to talk about that. Should we should we tell the people like who some of our guests are gonna be? Um. Uh, oh my god, do we tell them like what? Do we let the guests know that we have contestants from Cycle Two of Top Metal? I mean, they're gonna um, find out next week. Should we just make them wait or? Oh, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I don't know. Do we just let them know that we have Shandy Sullivan from Cycle 2 of America's <sighs> Next Top Model on next week. Yes, ma'am, Pam. Next Monday. You're welcome. You are so very welcome. Well, you can't go out on any higher of a note than that. So I'm just going to say that that is our show for Today, we are so excited that you have joined us for this Cycle 1 wrap-up, and we are even more excited. I'm so excited for you to be joining us on Thursday, where we will be taking some of your listener questions, and we have a very special visit from a very special Wanna Be On Top guest that you won't want to miss. Thanks for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for me, Maxwell, our guests, or just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Also, 
Girl, if you have any submissions for what are you wearing scenarios, send those our way as well. I mean, like, I'm not saying that everyone here is like a a, a TV script writer. Like, you know, um, scenarios are a lot to come up with. So if you guys can think of any, just like, you know, let us know. It will make Maxwell's job that much, that much easier. All right. And also, do not, I repeat, do like literally just take a second right now. And go and click subscribe, okay? Subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen. And make sure that you rate and review five stars. Five stars. For me, Shea Coulee and Maxwell Esposito and... To everyone that contributes over at Forever Dog and Mom, because we love you, we care, and we need the validation. Until next time, I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains, Gorge, want to be on top? Wanna Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Wanna Be On Top? Forever! Dog. To listen to Wanna Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 